Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Hello. Oh, get in the mic there. Okay, I'm gonna use there my microphone voice. I was <laughs> I was looking up results, but also hello everybody. Oh, I thought you were ready to go. I could I could I could start this over. No, and get you no get we're results. doing. I mean, no, I mean we're doing like the news section. I can like get results up while we're doing the news. That's section. true. You can. That's that's that how radio is done, people. <laughs> I pretend to listen to Hawkins. It's his turn, my turn. We don't really listen to each other. We talk past each other like yes. six in the night. <laughs> we we wait for each other to finish talking and so we can start talking. That's like what we tram do. tram cars passing over Big Canyon. We never quite meet. <laughs> Must you bring everything about your work into the show? <laughs> Jeff, you always want me to be passionate about work. You're always no, like, no, I, yeah, no, no, you're I always you're that. all have, in, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, never you have. said that. You ever. have. You have. You've been like, yeah. Oh, you, we are going to talk employee corporate relations today, Chris, in our news section, by the oh, way. Yeah, you're really pro-employer, too. This will be fun. <laughs> Am I? I'm not, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. We don't really know each other that well. Uh, well, it's not that. It's I'm not pro this employer necessarily, but you know the the one that we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, anyway, obviously, lead yeah. story: SmackDown will be leaving Fox at the end of September 2024 and returning to the USA Network in a five year deal that would end at the end of September 2029. That's five years. WWE then sent out a reading from Dave. WWE then sent out a press release to confirm the deal. Neither side released the financials of the deal, but the word is that they will average 287 million over the five years, a 40% increase over the 205 million on the Fox deal. However, this has led to a stock decline since Wall Street was expecting a minimum of 370 or 307.5 million on the deal, and that number was part of the stock price. The deal includes four WWE primetime specials per year on NBC, so they will maintain a network presence, just not weekly. The Raw and NXT deals are not yet completed. NBCU has the right to match any outside deal for the two shows. Initial thoughts, Chris. USA Network feels like a backwards move in 2024, doesn't it? Yes, it yeah. does to me. Yeah, but like in, in an era, like we've been living through a couple decades now of network consolidation and a diminished 
presence broadly of like live TV feeds, like it's just less relevant now. We like live in a streaming era. And USA Network is a cable channel. More and more people are cutting the cord. Um, like that's part of the reason they've been doing Mondo numbers. Oh, by the way, is because they're on Fox. Yeah, like, and remember like, yeah, yeah, when like, they when they moved here? I had concerns about you know value over replacement because they were replacing a fairly big hit in Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen show that that went off the air and went to, over to ABC afterwards. And they've been doing over two point two million on a Friday night. Yeah, eight to ten, but Fox didn't want to pay. Right. Fox is one of those, they have been almost adamant about saying, and it was weird because you get the feeling that they bought something that, we said this earlier because they packaged this as a sports product. They didn't really understand what they bought in the first no. place. Yes. No, and, that, and that's yeah. what I'm, I'm thinking here. And, you know, you get the, you were, anytime Joe Buck would have to do a live read, it was the most snide read ever on, on NFL football. They, they, they really want to be in the football business on Friday nights. And there are some Friday night football games or whatever, but they want to be sports from say, oh, geez, a cat from, from like Friday night through Sunday, they want to be a sports destination type place. And they thought they were getting more of a sports type presentation because that's how they were so packaged into them. Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar were going to be the, you know, the, 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 the big linchpins of, of this brand and neither turned out to be true. Right. And I, I mean, we don't even know like kind of like what the deeper presentation was like, but I bet you like, they kind of like really leaned into like, this is an adjunct to UFC sort of thing at that yeah, time. I, I yeah, I think so. I think that's what they were yeah. going for because Fox was very interested in getting mixed martial arts on the uh, absolutely. On the we're doing something kind of like that, and, yeah. and I mean, on one hand, I think you know, especially coming from my lucha underground background, it's fairly easy to imagine like a different sort of style of presentation of like WWE that's much closer to combat sportsy. Um, and NWA Power sort of early on was kind of not like doing combat sports, but like kind of was like almost doing more of a federation sort of thing. Well, it's one of those things also, and, and we said this at the time when they were pitching, that WWE is masterful at being all things for all people. They oh, you want, an you want an entertainment show? Oh, look, we got comedy and sketches and all that other stuff on here. Oh, you want a sports presentation? We got that here. We can do more sports type, and then but, they just give really the WWE. You, yeah, really, what you need to do is watch some Raw because yeah, yeah like you need <laughs> no, like sh straight up, like like don't watch the like edits because you could like you know really massage things into the edits, but you need to watch Raw like from start to finish for you know I mean not even like month to month like every single episode, you know just do like twelve episodes from a year and you know watch that and that's kind of like that's what they were really buying. I mean, I think, I, I mean, where was Danielson at the time of them inking that deal too? He was on SmackDown. Like, I believe. Yeah, he was on right, Like, so like, you could even see like, yeah, oh yeah, we might, you know, do a more like the yes or No, he was, was he retired at the time or was he back by then? I think, I think he was back when they were in a Okay, no, that sounds I about think, right. I think so, like, and like the yes, you know, yeslemania like there's definitely a way to do like a selective edit of that where it seems like the company was always on board with that and that was the master plan. Yeah. Um, and it's only if you watched week over week, you know that like they were dragged into that kicking and screaming. Look at our demographics. Families love the WWE as wholesome entertainment. You know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that'll, that'll sucker any kind of uh, network suit. 
Right. But like then at a certain point, you have to like stop and go like, okay, wholesome family entertainment. Also, this is an adjunct to UFC. Something isn't yeah. like these two things don't really intermesh. And I mean, it, it also speaks broadly to like WWE's identity crisis, particularly at that time. They really didn't know what that company was about at that point. Like what, what was the week to week about going back to Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. But that worked I'm, in their favor too, because it yeah. was like, we can be what you want us to be. Just pay us. Yeah, right. No, no. I you can form our identity. At the time, we called it a really masterful okie doking. Yeah, and I think yeah. at the at the end of it, it was a masterful okie doking. It improved WWE's value um, for when they went back to USA, in which they <laughs> and the will... scorned wife took them back. Oh, we'll take you back into this house. Yeah. Oh, you're so good for our network right now because of Raw and NXT. But like, also, I kind of view this as like. This this reeks of Vince, right? Yeah. Like Vince Vince thinks this is a good idea. Um, like he wants to go home, Rosebud, that kind of thing. And like he also, I think, likes the idea of being the biggest show on a smaller network rather than being like Yeah. I, 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 like, I disagree. I'm I'm gonna push back on this one because I think this was Endeavor and it was just whoever paid the most was gonna get this. And it looked like they had a real motivated buyer in us and in especially because of the peacock connection and i think that's a big part of this is is their streaming service needs wwe to really survive um i i am also somewhat intrigued about the four wwe primetime specials because wwe's primetime specials on nbc over the years have sucked uh, there's there's no other way to put they, they've done like edited wrestlemanias they've done tribute to the troops i think they're really they're poor is what they are. They're not Saturday night's main event. And they need, they need to get treated like Saudi Arabia. And <laughs> uh, moving on. And in this day and age, you know, with so much primetime wrestling out there, is it needed? I mean, I, I don't think it's needed. I don't think specials on NBC, unless it's, you know, I mean, they're there to draw people to the Raws and the SmackDowns on USA. So I get that part of it, but. I mean, okay, like, if you did, this could be legitimately cool. I, I, I don't see WWE doing this, but, like, here is how I sort of see, like, a better deployment of, like, a primetime special. You do one hour, right? Right. And you build to a really important title match. Yeah. Something like, yeah, like, you know, like, like, and you can even have a little bit of like uh, 20, 30 minutes of setup, you know, like, let's say Gunther, right? Like, it's like, we're building like Gunther's big, you know, prestige match. And this will be where he drops belt or whatever. But we really want to set in stone people with the Gunther story. Let's say like I, last time we were kicking around like him against Jey Uso. The road to here for Jay Uso and Gunther would be a really interesting 20, 30 minutes. And then you build up to that one match. Yeah, you do the just... Ebersol type of uh, video packages with the backstory and stuff. But like I that. really think, especially on like a primetime special for people who are Laps fans, that's yes. where that's that's where this is a draw. Focus in on one thing. I, or, like... or not even lapsed fans, but people who would be willing to watch. How about that? I mean, yeah, because casuals. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a little... Hella casuals. I've, I've been having a big argument about, you know, la casuals and lapsed fans and stuff like that. And people go, there's no such thing, blah, blah, blah. I go, oh, okay. Not in your definition. There aren't fans of pro wrestling who are going to come back one day and go, oh my God, I missed this so much. But there are people who are willing to sit there if the product is entertaining enough and the characters on the screen are entertaining enough. 
Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm waving because, like, I'm, I feel like I'm like a decent representation of yes. one of those guys at this point. Like, not intentionally. Like, I obviously at one point was close captioning professional wrestling, but like, yes, you, you have waning interests, right? Like, it's not like I will. I mean, obviously, I'm still sitting here on the mic after working seven days straight, but like, you, your interest waxes and wanes, and some things can get you more into wrestling. And some things can turn you off from wrestling. And so yes. like, like, yes, in a way um, I was sitting at, I was sitting at the bar the other night um, and I saw a guy in a hot rod t-shirt and we started talking about Piper. Dude hasn't watched wrestling in years, but we had like a conversation about Roddy Piper and, and that sort of thing. Um, these people are out there. They are gettable eyeballs, um, but they're not going to join your discord ever. But like, if you're running like um, a wrestling company and you have a tight one hour show they are the type of people who might go, oh, yeah, actually, you know, the other night I did see that, that like, you know, the big, that Gunther main event or whatever, and that was cool. It's got a weird name. By the way, I am I am drinking uh, Tropical 7-Up Zero Sugar. and uh, That's a strange flex. Uh, well, no, well, it's new when they're trying this out because they're kind of doing the uh, brand extension stuff for 7-Up now. It is a tropical flavor. I couldn't point you to what tropic it is. It tastes vaguely of mango or guava, but not quite. It's it's just it's a chemical that tastes like fruit. It's it's very. I will not be rebuying this. So that's my quick review of diet sodas, which I drink on the rig. Uh, As I said, <laughs> tram cars passing in the night. Tram people. cars passing in the night. We love yeah. each other. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter claimed in a big surprise, Dave's words, that Raw and NXT will be moving away from the USA Network. They wrote, quote, while the new deal will bring WWE to NBC primetime and SmackDown to USA on Friday nights, it will also mean the end of Raw and NXT on USA. A source familiar with the Raw discussions tell The Hollywood Reporter that the market for the program is, quote unquote, extremely active with traditional linear networks, streaming services and, quote unquote, unexpected players all interested. Another key to the NBCU deal as far as Peacock goes is that WWE's next day streaming rights currently under contract to Hulu is set to expire shortly and Peacock would make the most sense for the deal. Now, I am going to make a statement and it's it's speculative, but I believe it to be true. That Hollywood reporter story is pure Nick Khan and he put put that in there to try and get bidders. That that is Nick Khan all the way cuz he did this last time. Where it's like, oh, we have a lot of players for this, and some of the streaming, and so we'll listen to every, you know, that that's Nick Khan's deal. He is he is the he is the salesman. He is looking to arouse interest from others based on this deal. I do not believe that there are a lot of. I believe they are the same people. I think Amazon would love a crack at this. I think Netflix getting into live entertainment might want to crack at this. But I believe what this is is basically telling NBC Peacock. You know how we're so important to your streaming service because all you got is office reruns and occasionally a show like Poker Face? Yeah, we might be leaving if you don't pony up <laughs> more because you kind of lowballed us on this SmackDown deal compared to what we were expecting. That's what I think this is. Yeah, I it it seems, especially with wwe retreating back to the usa network it seems hard to imagine removing raw from the usa network why would usa tolerate that and where would it go like what what from like wwe standpoint why decouple raw from usa if you're bringing smackdown back to it 
Yeah, my thinking is we're going to go back to the Monday-Tuesday thing with Raw on Monday and SmackDown on Tuesday. Um, and that, or Yeesh. maybe even SmackDown on Wednesday to go up head-to-head against Dynamite. That, think, would, be, that would be an interesting move. I that think, would be a really interesting I move. I don't see, they were having this discussion on Wrestling Observer Radio, our friend Gary Gonzalez, who is uh, runs the other network I'm on. And they're saying, you know, they could do this, that, that. I don't know if Endeavor has the same pettiness as Vince McMahon. That that's that's the only question I have. Um I I could see them keeping NXT on on USA if they're gonna continue to get main roster people, but I could see that being the loser here and just sent straight to a streaming service like a Hulu or something like that again, because it's a product, but it's not or that could get that could get just into the Friday slot. They could, they could, okay, we're going to have three nights of wrestling on USA. I mean, like, like why not? Uh, in, in a way, the stronger configuration right now would be Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Wednesday, NXT on Friday. Because, like, yeah. NXT is not a draw right now. Um, and putting it on Friday sort of unburdens it from trying to, like, do numbers. I don't know about that. It got over 800,000, but that's with the, you know, that's with Becky Lynch all over their show. Yeah, I, I mean... Right. It's a trick. It's a mathematical trick. Right. Is what like, it is. I mean, it's kind of like, like right now, like looking at the ratings with like Rock and Cena. I don't know that those are, although, boy, isn't this super fortuitous as they're trying to renegotiate all this stuff <laughs> that they suddenly have access to Rock and Cena because of the actor strike. Oh, that, that, yeah. That's, although it didn't, didn't come into play on the SmackDown number, which is very interesting. Because yeah. you think you'd get more with that, but uh, maybe no, for sure. But yeah, like I mean, I could see that starting to goose the numbers, and certainly live attendance will be up. Well, somebody in the company spent money, so that means we got to make up for it somewhere else. So there were cuts this week. The big headline one was the only cut from yesterday: Matt Riddle no longer with WWE. Thursday, main roster people who got their notice: Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler, Riddick Moss, Emma, Elias, Rick Boogs, Aaliyah, Top Dalla, Dana Brooke, Mace, and Mansoor, who had an outstanding Twitch stream. They had a, they, that thing was hilarious. Those two were pitching ideas, and some of them were pretty damn good. Uh some of them weren't, but some of them were pretty good. They they had a very enjoyable post post-firing stream I, between I, the two I would of them. watch I would watch watch check that out because like straight up both of those guys over the last like five ten years or like however like is I like them both like we we like Mansoor in NXT um we saw a lot of promise and potential with that guy uh the week where he did a match as a face and a match as a heel and he was actually good in both roles yeah it was as well as one well, of those moments his, that stands out pitch, for me his pitch was to work with uh Cody Rhodes and to get the mask and to have him do the crossroads on on Mansoor as a male model, trying to protect his face, and then he gets the the nose thing. But he dropped the piece of knowledge that I really enjoyed. It's like, oh yeah, I could never lose on TV because part of the Saudi Arabia deal was that I couldn't lose. I was like, that's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> Get that. So but funny. let me let me finish the rest of the cuts here. Shanky, yeah. who I think got a raw deal, I think he's. I don't think he's talented per se, but at least he has personality, and he personality goes personality. a long way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and then from the NXT ranks, uh, Daba Kato, Chris's boy, may rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace. He's not dead, Hawkins. Uh, Quincy Elliott. He might as well be. 
uh, Ikeman Jiro and uh, Ulyssa Leon, who was Valentina Faraz's tag partner. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, Quincy Elliott, uh, they they tried a little bit on NXT TV. He was the um, non-binary wrestler. And then he went on social media and said some uh, not-so-politically-correct things about non-binary people. Uh, so he was, and he was kind of injury prone. Uh, Ikeman Jiro, I don't know. He was a fan favorite at, at live shows, at least. Um, Elissa Leon, I don't know about that. Oh, oh, I left somebody off. Oh, I know who I left off. Uh, um, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali was also cut because um, he was making main roster money on NXT. Even though he's scheduled for this next NXT show on Saturday, he will not be there. So, uh, yeah. Oh, God, I couldn't believe I, I omitted that. I must have actually deleted it on my list. But, yes, uh, the big names, Matt Riddle, Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin, and Dolph Ziggler. Chris, thoughts? Um, I mean, Ziggler and Benjamin, not the biggest surprises in the world. Uh, certainly guys who probably had to know that they were on the chopping block. Um, Mustafa Ali, a bit of a shock, uh, just because they had been utilizing him recently. Uh, Matt Riddle, same thing. Uh, they had been utilizing him. He was important when uh, Jay Uso came back. So you kind of wonder if there's something else going on there. Oh, uh, I don't know if you caught wind of this uh, because I forget how not online you are these days. Uh, Matt Riddle yeah. was, was taken into custody, I believe, last oh. week at JFK Airport. Uh, he accused a. Uh, Homeland Security security agent of sexually assaulting him. Uh, Riddle was intoxicated at the time. I see. I think that just became an untenable situation. I'll, I'll go. He's had he's had a number of issues. Uh, no, yes. and you're right. No, like I I wasn't on that. Um, Ulyssa Leon. Um, Valentina Feroz is kind of the one we liked more. Late Leon is good. Um, she had some but injuries too. She has, so, she yeah. has some injuries. Um, and now they also have a uh, Lola. Lola, Lola Vice. Lola Vice, who who's great. Like I actually I'd love to see like uh uh for Royce and uh Lola Vice as like a pairing because they have so much personality. Um, you know, Electra Lopez is is I but like yeah, yeah. Uh I'll I'll give a few notes on 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 some of these. Uh sure. Shelton Benjamin is welcome oh, I love in, him. is and welcome in any federation. Yeah, I'm sorry, totally. he is great, he is He's legit. Awesome. Um he'd be an asset to any training area ever anywhere um and it makes I, sense that they're doing like lashley in this spoof version of the hurt business it, it annoys me though because like yeah. yeah the hurt business was so good he's a guy who has never gotten his due in my opinion ever yeah. i mean he stole some of those money in the early money in the bank matches uh i could see him going back to japan for a short run and either noah or new japan um dolph ziggler's an e interesting one dolph ziggler naturally athletic uh all american at kent state now known as kent but has never been outside of the wwe system and he lasted there a long long time he's 48 or no he's 43 i think shelton benjamin's 48 48 yeah yeah uh loves doing comedy not sure comedy loves him but he loves doing comedy uh, <laughs> he does not the microphone does not love him as much as he loves the microphone he, well i also think that might have been system I, that might have been the wwe system uh i don't know i, I mean you're, you're making the, a face all... and i i'm not disagreeing with you i am I, not I mean, disagreeing with you every time we've seen like the breakout promos right like they haven't really been on tv they've been like in the like less uh corralled thing like it was like in the early wwe network era and all that sort of stuff 
but he's got like that one promo. Uh, yeah. That, I don't that know. nobody believes in me promo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Tony would sign him, but Tony wasn't high he on his brother. Well, he wasn't high on Cesaro either originally. Yeah. Yeah. Claudio. Um, I, for me, I love, I would love Dolph Ziggler to do an indie run here and to do like a bola. Where where he just gets like about three or four great matches, doesn't win Battle of Los Angeles, but goes to PWG and gets the work rate geeks fired up, you know, that kind of thing. Um that that to me would be fun. I mean, but I could that see would, him- and that's also a good way to kind of like heat yourself up to go into AEW so you can kind of come in with street hype or whatever. And I, don't, I don't know if he needs another job in wrestling. He has made buku bucks. He lives in a you know, he lives in Scottsdale. But he hangs out here in L.A. a lot with the UCB crowd and stuff. So, I mean, I I think, you know, all these have 90-day non-competes. So, I mean, he has time to think about it. Um, Maybe he wants to do something else. So, we'll see about that. Um, I I mean, I just wouldn't rule out him wanting to at least do a little run with his brother. Emma Emma gets jerked around, and I don't know why, because she's really good. Riddick Moss is good too, and Emma's awesome. Yeah, like I, I they are a couple, yeah. by the way. I don't know. Yeah, if they you know are. That. Yeah, yes. No, I, I, I do know that. Um, no, but like uh, Emma slash Tennille Dash or whatever. Um, like she's, she's great, fun, and she and she she can play the game. But I mean, a lot of these feel like Vince Stink type of cuts, especially Top Dollar. <laughs> Ooh, God bless you. He went in there to defend. You know why? Why are you cutting B Fab? How dare you? <laughs> he got cut himself. Uh, none of the other members, by the way, of Hit Row were, were cut, just top dollar. Uh, Aaliyah was in the system for eight or nine years, and they couldn't do jack diddly with her, and they should have sent her somewhere to train other than the performance center, but they get their head up their ass about, you know, we train people the right way type of a thing. Uh, Rick Boogs is all look, but he has personality up the yazoo. I'd come out to Hollywood if I were him. And they kept shuffling around his identity. Like they yeah. went from, he, he, I mean, he, he did a number of different character sort of accents. Yes. Like he's kind of all like look and like, not like a ton of like in-ring flash or whatever, but he did. I mean, I even but remember he served, that Nakamura pairing was great. Yeah. He, he is good. Like he, like it's, it's interesting in this case, cause these are like not, these are people with like clear assets. Like they're, they're like, salvageable, yeah. is what. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly like if I was, you know, if I if I was starting like the third wrestling promotion or whatever, I'd be like looking at these. Cuts Impact right will be, be looking at some of these people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mustafa Ali to me is a no brainer at AEW. Uh, the Chicago story, the ethnic story, the fact that he wants to tell his story still, and he really. I mean, God, you, you watch some of those matches of his on 205 Live, especially the Buddy Murphy feud. I mean, he they they he's he has ideas. He knows what he wants to do in wrestling, and he goes out there and performs. And his crime is he's not six foot seven, three hundred pounds. That that's his only crime in WWE to me. Maybe yeah. maybe 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 the ethnicity thing with Vince, but who knows? Um, but I I could see. I mean. I, He's gonna get a run in AEW. He's gonna get a shot at it. I think. Um, that's you know, I was hearing guy. Michael Cole invoke like a tagline with Rey Mysterio this week that he's like the biggest little man in WWE history or whatever. And I was like, that's the exact problem with like your guys's understanding of like small wrestlers is that like you have yeah. to 
always somehow make them big men or yes. like, you know, scale them up. And like, you know, Ali is one of these guys who could have been very, very interesting. Had Ray, Ray doesn't even look small anymore. He just looks wide to me when I see him. It's just one of those weird things. He looks like a miniature version of, uh, you ever seen The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh yeah, of course. You remember Dynamo? Yeah. He looks like a mini version of Dynamo with that mohawk mask he's wearing and stuff. Oh, oh yes, that's what he needs. He needs to shoot electricity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and, and then uh, and and Dana Brooke is an interesting case. And they were also utilizing her too. Uh, she got moved up way too quick. She, you know, she was a fitness performer, and then she went back to the fitness performance thing and got last place. And that's kind of what soured them <laughs> on her a little bit on the main roster part. Um, I. <sighs> She was I could see her doing some indies. I could see her doing yeah. like a, like an or even if Impact were interested in doing that, be willing to do that. Um, I think she's still trying to prove something to herself, and I think she yeah. can. Yeah. Like, like she, she's if you like, read her I, social media, she's definitely trying to prove something to herself. It, it, I I just kind of got that vibe from like her constant. She she really does seem like someone who like believes that she can be a good wrestler. You, you know what? Uh, but like, I, and not I, like a great one, but like like believes that she like can do this and like yes. i believe her too actually i i think her thing is she gets caught in that trap that happens when you weren't raised in the business and you get trained at the pc and you get moved up to the main roster and you think someone's going to be there to show you how to do things and smarten you up and, to like and the smarten you up dynamic. to things yeah. and here's how you work a a bigger crowd and, you know, just little things of wrestling and stuff like that. And they expect you to know all these things. And she's like, well, who do I go to for help type of a thing? And it feels like a, a almost a self-fulfilling prophecy when you fail. It's like, well, well, you didn't you didn't perform up to snuff. It's like, well, nobody told me how to do this really type of a thing. That's what it feels like to me. It, yes. Like there's not like a, a lot of like the be- because of the independent contractor environment and like, just like the way WWE is kind of like shaky right now. And has been for years, especially on the women's side, it seems like there's not a great support structure for women coming up to know how to navigate the interpersonal dynamics and the political dynamics. And insofar as there is a network, it is the three horsewomen. Essentially you have um, Bailey who does try to do her best to like look out for people, Becky, who does that occasionally. And then Charlotte who does not, who does not. And she's the most, she's the one held in the highest regard of those three. Um, You know, whether or not, I think Becky's a bigger draw than Charlotte at this point, or like demonstrated, but like, yeah. um, But Charlotte's, especially back you know a few years ago back was, in the day yeah back in the day very much if charlotte wanted it yes and if charlotte didn't know and like dana brooke was not someone charlotte you know like wanted to work with and like if you don't have kind of that thing happening 
I don't know she, who she else was. Remember, she was Mini Charlotte for a while. Yeah, right. That's like kind yeah. of like always. Yeah, it's not a that, good that's thing. Death. Um, that's death. Right. Like, who does that work out for? I guess the cat. Oh, here, here's what I want to talk about. This, this next thing from Dave. <sighs> there was a mandatory meeting at the new headquarters on nine nineteen. First with Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, Kevin Dunn, and Brad Bloom. After that, both Vince McMahon and Ari Emanuel came out to talk. The employees didn't really react to Vince, and he went into character saying, quote, this is when you're supposed to clap. It was described as a rah-rah meeting where Khan said how the people let go were good people and helped build the company. These are the office workers who were let go previous week. He said it was unfortunate that things happened for them the way they did, but praised their contributions and hard work. It was the first meeting of this specific type since pre-COVID. McMahon was walking with a cane at 78 and recovering from significant spinal surgery. He said that the company had plateaued, which the last year had shown anything but. McMahon said that to reach the next level, this deal had to be made. He called Emmanuel his new boss. Emmanuel talked about how his daughter, who just got engaged, works for WWE, and that in the past they have represented WWE negotiations. This was all filmed by WWE cameras. Oh, it's 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 the gather everybody around after you fired a bunch of people mean, hey, we're all still a family. And you know what? We need we need to we need to tighten our belts. <laughs> you know what? You know we've got, we've gotten stale. We need to we need to we need to push some more. We need to <laughs> that that old football coach crap. Everybody that, needs to do extra. Like yeah, like like that kind of side edge. Oh, we, um, we don't think of you all employees. We think of you all as teammates. You know that kind of crap. Look, here's here's my thing. You don't owe your employer anything when you leave and they're not going to owe you anything when they fire you. So if you're going to leave, if you're going to quit, ask, Hey, what do I need to wrap up here and then go or just go? Like the only people you have any kind of loyalty to is maybe when you're actually on the clock and you're actually working there, your fellow employees to pull your own weight. That's it. There's no, there's no, oh man, well, I think of this company as a family. You know, I rail on this all the time, Chris. It drives right. me insane. No. You, you know crap. what word I, I have become very fond of and use it like I use a lot more now, colleague. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not even joking. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I tell my coworkers at work, you know, I value you as like a colleague. Like, I literally will say it like that because it's like, no, no, we're not friends. We're not even, like, we're certainly not family. Um, and we're not even friends. I like it, I would it, yeah like like we are colleagues. It used to drive the law one of the law firms I worked at. I I, I would come in and I and I tell my coworkers I go look, I have been sentenced here to work from three thirty in the morning to noon. At noon I get paroled and I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not coming to any reunions. I'm not coming to anything like that. I am here to do my job and to get out of here. That is what I'm here to do. I'm here to I, put in my time. And I think you can have. And I, I strive to have very pleasant, meaningful interactions with my colleagues within the boundary of colleagues, but it also makes yes. it really clear for me now too. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not your effing family. Like, yeah, you, like, you, like, yeah, yeah, like these. We had just, issues. Yeah. Like, we had issues this week at my job where we we hired a new guy and he quit like two days later because he got a new job. And I was like, we used to do this, and 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 everybody was kind of shocked by this because it never happened to them in this line of work because like. At least in terms of developers and stuff like that, they were all fairly a tight unit who had worked together for a while. And I told him, look, at my other job, 
we used to take them out to lunch and they used to quit by the end of the day. So I told them, don't ever bring anybody to me until they pass probationary status. And like, because <laughs> I don't it, want to get emotionally attached to anybody. It's not sleazy. Like, no. yeah, like I mean, it, uh, it is no more sleazy than like what WWE is doing here. And if you think that's sleazy, then like, why wouldn't you also then tell people to protect their neck? Check your mic to see if you unplugged it accidentally. Just check, so. check, check. There we go. Okay, okay cool. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that that's... Protect your neck, yeah. I, I mean... Protect your neck at all times. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I could just see my face if I got the memo, hey, we're having an all-hands-on-deck meeting where we'll meet the new management and, and Vince McMahon will come and talk. And especially like, with the, the top dollars... Off. The top dollar stories sort of hanging out there too. And you know, like people were chatting about that, regardless of whether they liked working with top dollar or not. Um, like the idea, like he went to stand up for somebody and like Vince Well, was this, like, cool. this was before. This was the, the uh, prior cuts when he did this. Oh, okay, not, this okay. not this cut. Uh, I th- was he not cut this time? He was cut this time, but he's the only uh, one that was cut. Th- he's been cut twice now by the company. They cut him, they brought him back, and they cut him again because Michael Cole kept clowning on him on TV. That, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that, but I, but, I get, but yeah, it, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, hey, you just fired half of accounting, and now I gotta go and sit in a pom pom shaking thing for for the new WWE. And, and oh, by the way, we appreciate your work. Like, man, I appreciate you is a terrible thing to say to yes. anybody. Yes, because you have to. If you appreciate someone, show it to them. That's not like necessarily giving them money, but like saying I appreciate you, especially if you're then going to like. Give me the heads up. I'm getting fired. Yeah. That, like, that would be appreciating. That me. would be appreciating me. Right. As yeah, opposed exactly. to, Oh, we're, we don't want to tell him this yet. We need, we need to, we need to milk out the last bit of productivity out of <laughs> this guy for the last two days. And then we'll cut him. <laughs> respect and appreciation are demonstrated. They're not yes. stated. Yeah. Like saying, I respect you. Mm, you have to actually do that through actions. Stadium show for Australia. The elimination chamber will be in Perth. That's going to be a big deal. 60,000, apparently. Cool. For a B paper. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I got one other news thing. We'll get into Lazy River. Of interest of mostly me. The current Caimanito. Cristino Caimanito is. Caimanito is a, uh, is a wrestler in CMLL who is a little person who dresses in a blue-green monkey suit. I love Caimanito. He makes me laugh. So there, there, there are clips of him where it's like he's involved in a tag match and he just gets punted by a guy. I mean, he takes crazy bumps and abuse. I mean, I think he's probably about 60 or so by now in, in that suit. But, uh, I mean, he just takes – there's a couple of little people matches between him and another couple of guys, too. You know, it, it's one of those things. It's Mexican wrestling. What do you want? Uh, <laughs> but he has left CMLL over a contractual dispute and is accusing them of fraud. He believes CMLL will introduce a replacement Caimanito on this Sunday show and try to pass it off as the same person. My question is, how will you be able to tell? <laughs> I mean, body dimensions, obviously. Well, yeah, possibly. I mean... The work rate had gone down with old Caimanito as he'd gotten older and more and more injured. Um, apparently, kind of a gangster behind the scenes, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I encourage everybody, go Google Caimanito, K-E-M-O-N-I-T-O, and just laugh because it's ridiculousness. Um, 
He's actually on my banner picture on X too. So yeah, uh, I, I love him. Uh, injuries and health things before we go into Lazy River. Um, John Moxley, as you saw on Dynamite, concussed early in that uh, match against Ray Phoenix. Adam Cole, unknown the extent of his injury, but I saw that as soon as it happened when he jumped off the ramp to come run out for the MJF uh, Joe match. Looks like he either tweaked it, either uh, twisted his ankle or might have blown out his knee. I don't know which, but they haven't recorded on that. Uh, LA Knight sent home from SmackDown last night due to COVID. It's kind of obvious where he was supposed to come out during during that segment, and they just kind of went with it. And uh, Luke Gallows recently got his knee scoped per Fightful Select. That's why he's been absent from TV. Also, probably why they survived these last round of cuts, to be honest with you. But uh, yes, uh, the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watch, whatever we uh, whatever we're thinking about, we can go into it now. You can comment on those injuries now, Chris, as I am going to let you start. I mean, I'll start with the the thing that you made sure to have me take a look at here, which was uh, Asuka and Io uh, Sky. Um, yeah. I thought I thought that match was uh, thought that match was really good. I thought uh, that it, was a lot of fun. It the the thing that was also sticking out to me was like how WWE's presentation has such a hard time slotting into like like a more kind of serious like measured sort of like like that match didn't follow straight wwe calling because like you know like they they've worked together so much and like neither of them really want to like necessarily do wwe style per it's se. it's so weird because you're watching it and you're going man you know on a main event type of show like a like a pay-per-view if you take away the the clown stuff from like the damage control and Charlotte and all the Charlotte, interference yeah. and all, you know, all the too many cooks stuff. They could have a great, great, great match for the title without this. But the problem of course is what WWE's main contribution to television wrestling, especially the raw era during the Monday night wars is that every week feels like this kind of style where they will do the screw jobs and the DQs and the, distraction finishes and somebody you know and so they feel rote and so you can't get anywhere doing i mean pay-per-views are no longer there whatever the ple's are no longer there to settle feuds they are there to set up the next week's type of television and so you never get and they're doing that with wrestlemania too which is yeah yeah wrestlemania is not the end of the road yeah you never get the blow-off match where it's just those two people doing it. It's like, okay, here's the blow off. They've had a good match. And here comes the next person who's going to feud with this person in to interfere and then rinse and repeat. But give me this for 20 minutes. Just those two. Put a stipulation where nobody's around. Because EO was motivated. Asuka is is just always awesome. But EO especially was like that top rope drop, uh, the top turnbuckle drop kick when she was on the top turnbuckle with Asuka. That was awesome stuff. I yeah, I I really really enjoyed that match. Yeah. Um. No. It was. It was. I uh, I, I knew I I knew kind of what I was gonna be getting. Like, but it, but it lived up to expectations. I, and then I also kind of knew once I saw Charlotte, I was like. We're gonna get bullshit at the end, aren't we? And we got bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, of course, of course. A little bit. I mean, speaking of which, uh, Vince's hands were all over Raw, and you could tell. I mean, Chad Gable, after weeks of getting built up, gets absolutely destroyed on that show. 
uh, originally set for the uh, Becky Lynch open title challenge for NXT was Tegan Knox. But 10 minutes before the show, Tegan Knox got pulled because, quote, she hadn't been on TV. So nobody's going to know who she is, and she got replaced by Natty. So I thought Tegan Knox was not long for this company, but apparently there might be a plan somewhere in there for her. But I was... I wasn't exactly watching Raw full attention span because there were two Monday night football games on and I, I watch football on Mondays, but going back and watching it, this had the tonal shift of being a Vince show quite a bit for me. Um, SmackDown is less fingers in the pot there. I mean, I, I, I... yeah, I, I mean, obviously you have Cena coming out to begin that show yeah. and uh, there was uh, that little Vince dig of uh, welcome to a sold another sold out SmackDown, which I thought was kind of like a little slap at uh, other companies that aren't necessarily selling it out. But yeah, um, yeah. Something else because that's all I had for for that was that just it feels like you can I mean feels like Raw has a lot more creeping Vinceism in there. Although uh, oddly enough, who which one, was it Ivar? Of the Viking ratings, Raiders who got who was doing the one on one match. That match was match was pretty damn fantastic for a yeah. It was, it was it was Ivar versus uh Kofi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually that was actually pretty fun, yeah. and kind of not what you'd normally expect and like that kind of setup. But um, let me think. Um, what else? I, I watched all of SmackDown. Like SmackDown was like the big one that I watched this week. Um, yeah, uh, is I. Watched NXT. I watched. Here, all right, him with some dynamite takes. Rampage. <laughs> uh, can I be the person to say that this Jericho Sammy story, while fun and predictable, makes no sense? So, <laughs> so Chris Jericho turns on the Jericho Appreciation Society. Says, "I don't need you anymore. You mean go?" He wants to go to. Don Callis. So he sells out his friends to go to Don Callis. Don Callis rejects him. Says, get out of my way. Blah, 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 blah. So he decides to come crawling back to Sammy. Sammy decides to forgive. Hey, guys, sometimes you have to forgive people. Okay, let's go for the tag team championships. Okay, great. So they beat Aussie Open, the red-hot Aussie Open, as Excalibur noted on Rampage last night, to which I laughed and laughed and laughed. And they decide, well, and they lose, I think I think they lose the next match or whatever. I forget, remind me, how did they decide that they needed to have a match against each other to, to get past all this stuff? Ooh. Be- because I, I forgot what it Ooh, was. I, I don't even remember. I mean, I remember that. There, yeah, there was like... something wrong in there. Or they, I think it was just they were angry about how the, how the match ended or something to that effect. So they have this promo last week where Chris Jericho stares at him and goes, I'm going to punch you harder than anybody I've ever known. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So we go to the match. And the match is a little bit too long. It's a little plotty. I get it. But, uh. Chris Jericho wins the match, which would not have been my choice personally. And then in a running trope all night, they have to do a handshake as well, because we had three of those angles on this show on Wednesday. And uh, Sammy kicks him in the balls. 
Now, I get that this was probably the natural way to do this is to team Sammy with with Don Callis, and I think they're going to be fantastic. But in what way is Sammy wrong about any of this stuff? Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Sammy's I'm, the aggrieved here. He was been yeah. loyal this entire time, and this jerk wants to have a fight with him when he didn't want to have a fight. <laughs> this is, I mean, I, I I hadn't got this last beat, but boy, that really like, if he joins John Don Callis, it's just like M Night, yeah, right. It's M Night Shyamalan twist. Then it's like twist on top of twist for the sake of twist. Yes. Oh, if you're expecting it, then 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 right. You know, because because God forget it, bid straight ahead stories don't work. <laughs> and of course, Jericho has to come out somehow looking good in all of this. Yes, nar- narratively, despite like, yeah, I mean, but for the fact that Don Callis commissioned a painting where he was cutting off Jericho's head, he would have joined Jericho, or he would have joined Callis. Yeah. Did you get to watch Dynamite or no? No, I, I didn't get to see it at all. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. so this will be uh, interesting. Uh, MJF and, and Joe was great. It was a great match. But again, it was also ridiculous because after, because, okay, here's how MJF won. He took the, ta- they, they're having the match. Ref takes a bump, takes a tag rope and chokes Joe out with it, covering his arm over the thing, he hides it in his armpit. And then when the arm is raised, it drops. Adam Cole hides it, et cetera, et cetera. Joe shakes his hand after the match. <laughs> like good game. Well played. And I'm like, why is it Joe to beat the snot out of this guy? And it's just, this adheres to the code of honor crap that we've been doing. Cause we, I get that. It was a trope. All it was established in, uh, there was a oh it, uh, the the opening match was uh, Eddie Kingston won the Ring of Honor title from Claudio, also a pretty good match worth worth watching. Um, and then Claudio kind of you know shakes his hand, throws the title at him, and leaves. That was a fine you know that wasn't hey we're gonna be buddies or respect each other, but here take your damn title type of a thing. Um, my note on that was I thought it should have been more of a blood feud. I think it was it was it was it was the Japanese strong style match that you think you're going to get with Claudio and, uh, and Eddie. And I just think there was a little bit too much for lack of a better term, no selling in there where everybody's getting fired up where it should just be. Those two are on their knees trying to punch each other in the jaw until one of them finally is knocked out type of a thing. I mean, it it wasn't, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I'm just being a little nitpicky about it, but uh, yeah, the Chris Jericho thing made no sense. Uh, They had a ridiculous segment, which I actually thought worked with uh, uh, Roddy and the kingdom in a hospital. And Adam Cole came to visit. <laughs> and, and they got the oldest hospital bed alive for when Roddy put it up. And you just hear that ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk as he goes up. But there was a line in there that killed me. As much as I don't like comedy as part of my main event thing, when 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 Adam Cole goes in and, and Roddy's like, Adam, Adam, I can't see you. And Adam Cole just goes, open your eyes, Roddy. I was kind of dead on that. Um, yeah, they're, they're setting up for Wrestle Dream. Um, I watched Rampage last night as well, just to get all the AEW out of the way. Uh, the the um, to, to help set up... Uh, hangman page and swerve the young bucks and adam page are now your ring of honor trios t- title holders after beating 
uh, the Mogul Embassy. Why do we keep having these ROH titles, Chris, when there's no television? Yeah, and, and that they're only being held by AEW people. Yes. Uh, it seems a little ridiculous to me. The they're match was pretty titles, good. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean... I, what was the point of buying ROH, really? Uh, uh, the tape library, sure, but like... I, I, I think they wanted a deal on... They thought they could get a deal on another channel and they had no biters. Yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, anything that you watched uh, other than Raw and SmackDown? No, that, th- those are the only two things I was able okay. to watch. Okay, uh, yeah. NXT, NXT was fun, too. Uh, or parts of it were fun. They still, they still do some of the dumb stuff that I don't like, but uh, Ilya Dragunov, Again, fantastic. Just beat the snot out of Dominic Mysterio, which which I really enjoyed. Uh, the Heritage Cup matches that we had a let's put it this way, Chris. We had a Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate match. It's really all you need. I mean, it's gonna be great, regardless. They had uh uh Joe Coffey and uh Nathan Frazier, which also very, very good. Wrong guy went over. Nathan Frazier should have been the guy who, who won this thing, but still uh, very very good and uh, the other thing that caught my eye on NXT was we had the uh, we had the Blue Bloods style JC Jane takes uh, Thea Hale shopping we'll get a reveal of the outfit this Tuesday it was cute it was fun it wasn't ha ha hilarious funny but uh, it wasn't over the top either it was JC Jane going okay yeah that's okay that's okay okay and build and then she looks and goes that's perfect i mean it was it, it was what it was it's 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 story building for thea going to the dark side uh type of a thing that that's all it was um did uh apollo or i'm sorry carmelo do anything uh yeah carmelo was part of uh oh god now i need the results do you have them in front of you i don't i don't okay hold on uh think of something from the main roster you watched that you liked it or uh, didn't like that you can put in man, here while man, i look man uh like let me see let me see this right see we had a decent oh that's right we had a decent tag match it was stratton and uh and kiana james versus uh lyra valkyria and and, and becky lynch that was all right uh Butch and Tyler Bate. I already said metaphor, <laughs> metaphor being ridiculous, uh, dressing up in, in, in group costumes for all of these things. Um, yeah. Hail went shopping. Oh, Lola Vice, your girl, Lola Vice. Yeah. Was on there. Yeah. I, I did. I actually, I, I think I did against Roxanne Perez. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, and no, and Lola's really over still. Yeah. Like, oh you, no. You, she, She's good. She has the MMA background, and this is like she's had less than thirty matches total. I mean, she she was really good. I thought. Oh, duh. Carmelo Hayes took on took on the aforementioned Don Mysterio. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and that that pretty much led to shoving shoving somebody into Ilya. Ilya comes in and just waylays people because he's great at the. I may actually go to that show next Saturday. It's in Bakersfield. It's about an hour away. Hmm. Anything in wrestling on your mind? Because I feel like I've given you a short shrift on this lazy river. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of news, and I, I mean, outside of that, that that's kind of all I was able to get to this week. So that's kind of okay. that's kind of where I'm at. In wrestling so the lazy river was a little lazier. We'll do better mm-hmm. next week. Uh, you can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen on X. You can follow Chris on Instagram at d o c t o r underscore n o v. That is Doctor Nove. For those of you who don't know how to spell, uh, you can just follow the or show read. on X or read at uh, Shake the Ropes, all one word. I update that account when the when the newest episode goes out. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. 
shows for all your interests. Uh, Mike and JD have joined us. Uh, the five star match game, open the voice gate, good, bad, the hungry. Um, you know, whatever your niche is, even if you don't like us, you'll have a show on Voices of Wrestling. Uh, I also do a show on Fight Game Media on Wednesday nights, about 20 minutes after we go live on YouTube, drops next day on the feed for five bucks a month. Also, a lot of other shows on there. It's called The Dynamite Show. Very original. What do we do? We deconstruct Dynamite thoroughly. That's probably why I don't have a lot of thoughts on it this week. So go listen to that. Uh, Chris uh, works for a Tramp. He does guitar lessons. Yeah. He has plugs. He has things he does. Yeah, I know. If you want guitar lessons, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, as Jeff mentioned, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. Um, I will be doing multiple days in October here uh, up at the tram playing live if you're in the Albuquerque area. Um, and yeah, that's it. Hit me up for guitar lessons if you are interested. See you next week. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back. And 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.